Hi, my name is Autumn Dixon, and this week is June 20th through the 26th, and it is various chapters through 2 Samuel and 1 Kings. If you prefer to receive your Come Follow Me lesson in a different medium, I post both my podcast and my blog in the description below the video. So lots of history this week, just as always with the Old Testament. We see King David, he has taken over for Saul, and he has done really, really wonderful things for the kingdom. The kingdom has never been stronger up until this point. He's doing really, really great as king, and he sees a woman named Bathsheba bathing on the roof. A lot of us are familiar with this story. He commits adultery, and he sends her husband to the front lines to die. He gets in trouble. But that's not exactly what I want to be talking about, but it leads up to it. So David marries Bathsheba, and they have a son who dies, and then they have another son who they name Solomon. Solomon becomes the next king. Now, a lot of people are familiar with Solomon for his wisdom, right? He was a very wise king, and, and that's what we know about Solomon. Many people are familiar with the story of when he said he was going to cut a baby in half in order to figure out who the true mother was. He was known for his wisdom and particularly that story as well. However, instead of those things today, I want to be talking about a couple of prayers from Solomon, specifically two prayers that we find in this week's chapters. One is actually a vision of the Lord early on in his reign. And then the second one is the dedicatory prayer for the temple that was built during his reign, during Solomon's reign. Now, as I said before, Solomon is wise, right? So there's a lot of things that we can learn from the prayers of this wise king. And before I go on, before we start to talk about those two individual prayers, I want to reiterate the purpose of prayer because I think that's really important in order to fully appreciate the prayers that Solomon was giving. We, a lot of us know this and we have been taught this, right? The purpose of prayer is not to say thank you and to ask for blessings, right? That's not actually what prayer is about. What prayer is supposed to be for is to align our will with his. Now, even though we know this, a lot of us don't pray in that way to where we are working to change ourselves. We're working to repent while we're praying. We're putting in lots of spiritual energy to try and become more like our Heavenly Father while we're praying. A lot of us are just kind of thanking our Heavenly Father and then asking for blessings we think we need. And those two things, saying thank you, praying for things, are secondary purposes of prayer, right? They're actually a means to an end. There's a reason there's a formula for prayer. We the purpose of prayer is to align our will with Heavenly Fathers, but he gave us a formula to help us. The first being when we say thank you, when we're showing our gratitude towards our Heavenly Father, it helps us remember how much he loves us. It helps us remember his ability to provide and his desire to take care of us and to provide for us. And then when we ask for things, we have an opportunity to show faith and to be humble and to ask for help, right? All of these things, this thinking and this asking and the things that come with those two processes allow us and enable us to change our will to become more like Heavenly Fathers, right? That's the purpose. Asking for things and saying thank you are just means to an end. The whole purpose of prayer is to repent and change, to become more like our Heavenly Father, to change our mind, to look more like His. 
So that's purpose prayer. First prayer I want to talk about was a vision of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Solomon received a dream. He went to sleep. He had a dream. And this is what happened. This is 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 5. It says, And Gibeon the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, Ask what I shall give thee. So the Lord appears to Solomon in a dream, and he says, What would you like? <laughs> right? Almost like a genie granting a wish, right? <laughs> At least that's what I was thinking of. Now, this is not a prayer in a traditional sense. However, I think it's closer to what prayer is meant to be than what at least my prayers often look like, right? It's supposed to be a conversation with our Heavenly Father, right? Now, I don't know what Solomon's prayers looked like that day. I don't know what he said in his prayer over breakfast. I don't know if he knelt down next to his bed before he went to sleep that night and what he said in that prayer. But I imagine that if I had been in his shoes, <laughs> my prayers probably would have been a little mediocre. Probably because my prayers right now are a little mediocre. I would have said thank you, would have asked for things I need. I probably, I might have been filled with a lot of fear and frustration over trying to rule people and trying to help them solve their problems. <laughs> might have been a little bit of a hot mess. However, if I had continued along that same timeline that Solomon did, and if I went to bed that night and I had a dream of the Savior and he said, what would you like? I can imagine that my prayer, my conversation with the Savior would have shifted dramatically in comparison to what my prayers would have been like during the day. Now, I do not have many visions of the Savior, um, but I believe that his ability to hear us. His telepathy has an incredible range, right? He can hear us at any point somehow. Don't know how it works, but somehow he hears what we say in our prayers. When we take the opportunity to stand before him in the way that Solomon did in a dream and to have a conversation in the way that Solomon did, our prayers change. Now, as I've been saying, a lot of my prayers are mediocre. I just say thank you and ask for things. However, I do have good prayers sometimes. <laughs> and when I do have good prayers, they do change me, right? They have that, that purpose. And they also change in the same way that they would change as if I were actually standing in front of the Savior. I... If I were to stand before the Savior, right, imagine what that would feel like in comparison to just kneeling in your bedroom and being ready to jump into bed. Standing before the Savior, how would you feel? How would that change what you're asking for? What would you thank him for, right? We think I thank him for silly things because I'm trying to not be redundant. But if I were standing before him, I imagine that I would feel his atonement more fully and I would thank him for that or I'd thank him for these really, really important things. I'd thank him for my family and the opportunity to be with them for eternity. My prayers would change and I would change as I felt that and I had that experience with my Savior. So let's bring the purpose of prayer back in. Purpose of prayer is to change to become more like our Heavenly Father and our Savior. If we were to stand before the Savior or even not stand before the Savior, if we were 
to fully recognize what prayer is, which is very similar to standing in front of the Savior and having a conversation with him, our prayers would change because we would change. I imagine that our priorities would shift a little bit. Now, I'm not saying that we can't pray for little things, right? In Alma 33, we learn that we can pray over everything and we can pray about anything anywhere, right? Where Heavenly Father wants us to pray pray to him for all of the little things, about all the little things. But I imagine that they would shift just a little bit if we were walking with him, talking with him, or if at least we recognized that we were walking with him when we're praying. I imagine that rather than asking for everything or asking for direction on every little thing, it would be more like counseling, right? That's what's going to change us is that counseling portion with the Lord to make our decisions and be like, this is what I'm thinking of. This is what I think this person needs. This is what I think I need to do with my day. And then seeing if he has any input, taking that input. Our smaller day-to-day things would probably shift in priority. We would probably be much more aware of his power and his ability to provide for us and his desire to provide for us. And as we practice, right, we're not often going to literally stand in front of the Savior, but as we practice having that kind of experience, as we practice recognizing prayer for what it is, which is essentially a door into heaven, right? (laughs) A door into a room where your heavenly father is and you get to speak to him. As we practice utilizing prayer for what it really, really is, our prayers will probably come to reflect Solomon's prayer, right? If you go read that whole prayer, it's beautiful because he does say things that he's grateful for. He acknowledges his... (laughs) lack of ability in comparison to his heavenly fathers. And he asks for the most important things, right? As we practice prayer for what it truly is, our prayers will come to reflect those of Solomon. How we pray, what we pray for will change because we are changing as we spend time with God, with the God of the universe, right? You can't not change spending time and standing before Heavenly Father. Second prayer. This is the dedicatory prayer for the temple that was built during Solomon's reign. And this one is interesting to me. I thought this prayer was really interesting as I read it. So this is 1 Kings. It's chapter 8. And Solomon has said lots of things in his prayer thus far. But these are the ones that I want to point out. So as I said, 1 Kings chapter 8, it's verses 33 through 34. When thy people Israel be smitten down before the enemy, because they have sinned against thee and shall turn again to thee, and confess thy name and pray and make supplication unto thee in this house, then hear thou in heaven and forgive the sin of thy people Israel and bring them again unto the land which thou gavest unto their fathers. So what is Solomon actually praying for here, right? He's praying that when Israel will fall away from him, which they inevitably do. He says, when Israel is smitten down before the enemy, because they weren't listening to you and they weren't doing what was right, hear their prayers and forgive them and bring them again to this land. I find this interesting 
Because if this had been a prayer that was typical, a prayer typical of many of us, (laughs) I imagine that Solomon would have asked for something different. I can imagine if I was giving this prayer and it looked like the prayers that I normally give, I probably would have been like, oh, please protect my people from their enemies. And that would have been about the extent of it. Please don't let their enemies, don't let them be trotted down before the enemies, right? Solomon said, when they repent, hear them and bring them back. The second element that I really want to talk about with Solomon's prayers is that when we are truly praying, using prayer for what it really is, we pray for things that the Lord can grant, right? If we think about it, the Lord the Lord already starts to bless us again when we repent, right? He forgives us. And as we start working closer to him, he blesses us. So Solomon asked for something that the Lord was already willing to grant, right? Something that the Lord was already promising to do. So in my mind, when I think about this, when we're praying for something that the Lord has already promised to do, my first question is why pray, right? Why are we praying if that is if that is what Heavenly Father was already going to give us, if he's already going to bless us and forgive us as we repent and work towards him, why specifically pray, right? I kind of imagined it saying something like, oh, hey, Heavenly Father, remember how you promised that you'd forgive us if we repent? Yeah, can you do that? That's what I imagine this prayer essentially being, right? It can seem kind of redundant and silly. However, it only seems redundant and silly when we're looking at prayer through the wrong lens again. When we're looking at at it as saying thank you for things and asking for blessings. The purpose of prayer is a repentance tool. It's a changing tool. It's to change us to become more like our Heavenly Father. That's the whole purpose. Asking, thanking are just ingredients to helping us become like our Heavenly Father. It's a formula to help us become like our Heavenly Father. Let me give you another example. Enos in the Book of Mormon. One of the things, so Enos repents. And one of the things he starts to pray for is he says, if the Nephites are ever completely wiped out by a genocide, can you please let the Lamanites find the gospel? Now, this is really, really interesting because I don't think Enos knew that his people were going to die in a genocide. I don't think he was given that vision, right? If there's a talk given by Elder Holland that talked about how Enos was super wicked at first, and then he prayed and repented and and became a new man in this chapter that we read. I don't imagine that he knew that the Nephites would eventually be wiped out by the Lamanites. So what this says to me is that he was inspired by the Lord to ask for this, to ask for this blessing that if the Nephites were wiped out, the Lamanites would find the gospel because it's so specific. I imagine that it was inspired not to mention Enos's prayers is known for being a really, really good prayer, right? And so to me, that means he was inspired. So he was inspired to ask for this. The answer from the Lord is, oh yeah, your fathers have prayed for that. I'm going to grant that. (laughs) So let's think about this for a second. The Lord says, okay, he whispers to the spirit to Enos, you should pray for this. You should pray that if the Nephites get wiped out, the Lamanites will, will find the gospel. So Enos prays that and the Lord's like, oh yeah, your fathers prayed for that. I got you. I'm going to already grant that. It's interesting, right? It's redundant. He'd already inspired other people to pray for that. They prayed for that. He was already going to make it happen. But it's not about praying for new blessings. It's about us changing to become like our Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father needed to teach Enos. 
that was the point of that prayer. It wasn't about him eventually getting to the point where he prays for the Lamanites. It was about Enos changing as he prays for things and as he practices spending time with Heavenly Father and as he receives revelation, he's practicing receiving revelation. Not to mention the things that he can learn just from praying for his enemies, right? And how that changes him praying for his enemies. Modern example. I have lots of goals in my life. I'm super type A personality. And sometimes I get really, really caught up in these things that I want to do with my life. Caught up to the point where I neglect my children probably a little bit too much. And I remember one time I knelt down to pray <laughs> and I said, Heavenly Father, I've got a lot to do. Please help my children feel like they're my priority while I'm trying to get this other stuff done. And this was actually a really one of my good prayers, right? Lots of my prayers are mediocre. This one was a good one though. And it was good for this reason because the spirit paused me <laughs> and I laughed at myself because the spirit opened my eyes and I was like, I don't get to pray for that. You don't, that, that's not how prayer works. That's not something that the Lord is willing to grant, right? I get to go do whatever I want. And then he's just going to magically let my children believe that they're my priority, right? That's not how it worked. So instead I paused, I laughed a little bit, and I said, Heavenly Father, please help me remember my priorities. Help me remember that I'm here to bless my children, to help as many people come back to these as possible, and then these other side things can remain side things, and I can do them, and I can have my goals and things that I believe in and love, but help me remember my priorities. I prayed for something that the Lord was willing to grant because I was inspired by the Holy Ghost to pray for those things, and I changed. I was reminded of my priorities. It was no longer about just trying to get my to-do list done, getting those dopamine as I checked off those things on that list. I was reminded of what truly matters and I changed as I prayed. It is really easy to forget the purpose of prayer. It is extremely easy to forget because from the time that we're little, we're taught the formula of prayer and very rarely taught why we have that formula and what the point of the formula is, right? And the point of that formula for prayer is for us to change. It's so easy to forget that. However, as we practice the purpose of prayer, practice us changing, practice us entering into the throne room of God to speak to him and truly thanking him and asking for things, listening for the spirit, having a conversation with him the way that Solomon did in a dream, we change. I am grateful for prayer. I am grateful that it makes me feel close to heaven. I am grateful that Heavenly Father still works with me, even though 98% of my prayers are pretty meh, <laughs> and that he forgives me, and that he still works with me when my prayers are doing really, really good. I'm grateful that I am able to pray and change, that I am able to enter into the throne room of God and pray speak to him because of the atonement of Jesus Christ. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Mm -hmm.